And welcome back to the Engage A podcast here with Robbie Elliott. Robbie, it's been a long time. I mean, we've obviously talked to each other since then because, you know, we kind of go to that one thing called school together. But <laughs> but uh, we are finally back on the Engage A podcast, and I am getting a phone call. So that's unfortunate. Let's go, baby. We're starting so, off hot. We're starting so, off hot. But yeah, we're back. We're back. We are back. All right. Turn on Do Not Disturb. That's what you guys need in your lives <laughs> when you have a Mac and you're connected to your... Uh, except for except for the Engage A podcast notifications. Ex- yeah, Make sure that okay. those are always coming through even when Do Not and Disturb is on. And as you can see, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see the bottom thirds. Follow us on X, man. At Drew Noah, at Robbie yeah. Elliott. I don't know why there's a space yeah. there. I did not mean to put that there. But yeah, that, that's the the space in my username. It's okay. It's okay. We are back. We are active on Twitter. So if you ever, you know, are missing our hot sports takes, uh, they're posted on there quite often. And it's you know not I mean? just college, not just college football. And no, uh, no. Uh, you'll see me probably get into some Twitter arguments in the replies with some <laughs> Nimrod. But they're good. Point. And also follow the Engage A podcast Twitter because some of you guys follow the Instagram, but none of you guys follow the Twitter. Give us a like. Give us a like and follow. Yeah, and and it's forever Twitter. So if you want to try and correct us in the comment section that it's X, uh, you can kindly just never watch us again. I mean, that's yeah. just how it is. <laughs> and also, or just guys, never comment. When making this, when making this graphic, and I I see my error, but did you guys know that Robbie Elliott is a third? I don't think they. I yeah, don't think they uh, knew that. No, no, they probably didn't. A suffix is needed. Uh, Re three, baby. Uh, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna use that one day when I uh, actually, but I'm not as good as the actual the original guy who created that acronym, Mr. RG3 himself. But we all we can all aspire to be things bigger and better things one day, and maybe R-E-3. I'll be as great as you. Yeah, RE3 exactly. in the Ark, Noah's Ark. So yes, sir, baby, <laughs> the Ark. All right, it is time to take a spin, Robbie. You know what's time to take a spin on? Time to take a spin on the coaching carousel. All right. So the breakdown for this episode is we're going through every single FBS college football head coach hires. And maybe if we want to hit on some coordinator hires, like, for example, the out of Chip Kelly at UCLA to go coach at Ohio State because it is Ohio. It's uh, and also um, God, what was that Georgia State coach's name? He has the same last name as you. Oh yeah, Um, Um, uh, Sean Elliott. Sean Elliott, your your uncle. uh, He wants to go to South. (laughs) He wants to go be a South South Carolina tight ends coach. So, hey man, who wouldn't, right? So that job is currently actually looking to be filled. So. If you want to send your applications to the Georgia State University to become the next football head coach there, do it by all means. Also, yeah, I already got an in, man. I, I got legacy there. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah, 41 and 44 <laughs> record at Georgia State's a legacy. Um, but that's besides the point. Also, uh, before we get into the head coaches, I wanted to let you know, did you know that uh, – Iowa found an offensive coordinator. We sadly didn't get the jobs. No. Shout out Tim Lester, former Western Michigan head coach that got fired, went to go be a positions coach with the Green Bay Packers. Now he's calling plays. Well, maybe calling plays. 
he's going to be involved in the offense in some way, shape, or form. Uh, with the we Iowa, don't, we don't know who calls their called plays over there. We nobody knows. I think they give it to some kid at the uh, hospital that yeah. they're uh, at, at, and uh, they say they let him call the plays, which is a great, great thing to do for it's the. It's a community. great charity. It's a great charity. It's a great charity. <laughs> Probably not the best for uh for winning football games. All right. So the first hire we're gonna get into it, and shout out to CBS Sports for keeping track of every single thing going on all the way back from November, actually September with the firing um, that we won't mention and uh, keeping up to date with every single thing involving the coaching carousel. All right. Tony Sanchez is in at New Mexico state. Jerry kill is out. Jerry kill went 17 and 11 and made two bowls in his two seasons. And Sanchez was a wide receivers coach before becoming the head coach Obviously, trying to keep some continuity, you know, coming off a pretty good 10 and 3 season. Or was it 10 and 4? I don't remember. They played like 13 games without even having a conference championship. It, no, they did play in a conference championship because they're not an independent anymore. Besides the point, I think they went 10 and 4. You lose a pretty good head coach. I believe he's going to be affiliated with Vanderbilt somehow. Um, he retired and, you know, he wanted to go sip margaritas in Cancun. And then uh, now I think he's some, he's he has some affiliation with Vanderbilt. But regardless, really good head coach at the Group of Five level, and not that it's significant. But do you have any opinion on this? Uh, I just think it's kind of big big shoes to fill. Uh, interesting shoes to fill, though. And I'm glad that they kept it within the house. I think when you started to see a culture change within a program like that, you kind of want to just keep it going for the guys. You know, there's a lot of people, a lot of players, I should say, that were very much there for Krill. And when he left, they, you know, transferred out. Uh, something to note would be, you know, former five-star or four-star prospect, Andre Selden going from New Mexico state to TCU. But I think it was a great hire to stay within, hopefully keep that culture. And who knows, maybe they, uh, they come back and they, you know, take a conference title and keep up the same success. If not, though, I still think this was a the right hire in whether yeah, this it, is a I mean, bridge hire or this we'll is the guy. Talk about this with a lot of guys that you know are in, getting hired and in, in the coaching carousel. A lot of these smaller schools, they're not going to attract like the group of fives and even some small power fives. You're not going to be able to attract big names like the fact that Boston College got Bill O'Brien, which we'll talk about later is huge, huge for him because uh, that guy can coach his ass off and he can develop talent. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Um, I'm interested to follow New Mexico State football after a good season. They do lose Diego Pavia, I believe, to Vanderbilt. So he was their leading quarterback for the last two years. And who knows? Might lead the Commodores to a nice 4-8 and eight season. All right. Uh, next up, we have Nevada. Out Ken Wilson and in Jeff Choyote. So uh, I think that's it's Chote, Choate. I don't know. It, it's uh, really weird le- spelled last name. Uh, I'll say Choate led Montana State, and this is just the little blurb that they uh, wrote. Led Montana State to back-to-back FCS playoff appearances in 2018-2019 and jumped to Texas where he served as a co-defensive coordinator, inside middle linebackers coach in 2021. And he is, they gave him an A. I mean, if you're leading an FCS program to back-to-back FCS playoff appearances, which for you guys that don't know, it's not the college football playoff format. They actually have more than four or 12 teams that make it. 
So I believe it's what? Is it 24 or 16? 24. I think it's 24. Yeah, I think it's 24 too. I know it's that's for division two. I'm not, I'm not completely sure about FCS, but I mean, I, I don't know if being a co-defensive coordinator at Texas is necessarily the best thing on your resume considering how they've been, but that's besides the point. No, I think honestly, I mean, it's Nevada, right? Like, come on. Yeah. They, they haven't been it's good. A, it's a bridge job for him. Uh, this yeah. is a job that leads to hopefully but, bigger things by having right. success and getting some kids in the draft. And get, having success for Nevada is making a bowl. It's yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, very bad Mountain West Conference team. Uh, the year that they had Carson Strong and Romeo Dobbs, they weren't. They still weren't very good. They went, like, I think 8-4, and 7-5. and five. Even so. the Jordan Love team – or not Jordan Love. Uh, no, you're right. That is the team I'm thinking of, Carson yeah. Strong and Romeo Dobbs. Yeah, yeah Jordan Love – it was it's a different blue uh blue and like silver school um that he yeah. was at Utah State Utah State yeah um but no you know you're right it, they were with the great talent that they that that place has seen they still weren't great and I think that is due by and large to a lack of a leader at the coaching position and hopefully having the experience and being around the guys that Texas has been has had in their program and who he's gotten to be mentored by. Hopefully he can carry some of that over into his now head coaching role at Nevada. Hopefully he can. We shall wait and see how it plays out. But next, this one's actually pretty interesting. Out goes John Summerall because he goes, takes the Tulane head coaching job and in comes Gerard Parker, Notre Dame offensive coordinator. So he fills in after Tommy Reese leaves to go be the offensive coordinator at Alabama. And now Tommy Reese is a tight ends coach for the Cleveland Browns. And in John Summerall led this Troy program to multiple Sunbelt championship appearances, has had a pretty damn good record while he's been the coach there. It's a tough, it's a tough loss, I believe. I don't think there's as he might be the best coach in Troy Troy football history. Like, yeah. He's he's done an excellent job. They've never been more relevant than they were and, this year. Yeah. I mean, 23 and four in his two seasons at Troy. That is outstanding. And you can't really do better as a head coach. No. And ranked multiple times too during that time. Multiple times. I think they got up to, high, I don't know if they ever breached the 20. Yeah. They were in that 20 to 25 mark all right, right. a lot. And that, and to do it at a Sunbelt program, like Sunbelt teams don't get ranked. They they really never do. So like Coastal got ranked here a couple of times when they had Grayson McCall and Isaiah Likely and those type of guys. But it's not like the Sunbelt is probably, even though they did a really good job this year of getting like, what was it like 12 teams in the bowl games this year? It was some ridiculous because everyone was six and six, but. Still, like it's a very competitive group of five conference, and the top of it, like with this, it's the college the college football playoff formats five and seven, five conference winners, and then seven at at large, right? They yes. switched it, yeah, because it's not six to six anymore. Because when they made it, they didn't think that the Pac twelve was gonna when the original plan was in, they didn't think the PAC 12 was going to have this mass exodus and, you know, they are like losing everything, even a commissioner, which I saw they hired a new one today. Um, but regardless, yeah, I mean, this Sunbelt team, uh, they could, it's going to be between them and the American really, uh, those conferences to compete for that college football playoff spot, probably more times the American and not, cause you got programs like UTSA and Tulane 
those types of teams that are going to filter around the t- top 25 range, but they're going to get that 12th seed and be um, the four, the four seeds, be a conference championship winners, a uh, cupcake matchup in the first round. So, <laughs> yep. yep. Couldn't have said it better myself. All right. Uh, next, uh, Willie Fritz leaves to go take the Houston job. Does a great job at Tulane. In comes jumps John Summerall. So see that you see how this it's the carousel. You're just moving on to the next ride and next pieces. All of that. Um, no, I think this is honestly a A plus hire for Tulane. They got they they got two kids in the transfer portal that were really good in, in recruiting. I saw that they signed they signed like two five stars. Like it was ridiculous. Tulane's a program that you can honestly attract recruits because it's in the middle of New Orleans. Very nice place. Yeah, except when it becomes a uh, hurricane season, maybe not so nice, but uh, no, I mean, it's a great school, great private school, great facilities. It, it's a really nice team. You get sick jerseys too, but no, John Summerall, he's a very good head coach. Obviously going to, I mean, he's been able to step up his recruiting game a little bit, but you, Willie Fritz, one of the better two lane coaches of all time, you're going to have to replace that making it to back-to-back American championships or was it cute? They were in the American this year. They were in Conference USA the year before where they won it. But regardless, leading, having to feed off the success of Willie Fritz as he goes, takes the Houston job, that is something that is very important uh, that they need to fulfill, keep fulfilling uh, the great talent that they've had and the great football success that they have. Because guess what? For all of you that don't know, especially in the South, if you have a good football team, your school. Oh, yeah. Print money, get, man. They get Dion money. Um, <laughs> but no. Uh, did you you have anything to say about this uh, with Tulane? And- I do, once again, with the whole New Mexico thing, it, obviously these shoes are bigger to fill because Tulane is, once again, I think this is the most relevant Tulane's ever been. And they are, like you said, now actually winning the recruiting battle a little bit. And when a school like that, where, like you said, can attract recruits and actually has a decent amount of money and a lot of funding goes into it. Like they are, those players are getting good NIL down there for the circumstances that they are given. That is why they're able to attract these type of players. And you never know, man, these are going to be, this is the first like team two, that we're two starting. Lane, yeah. Tulane is the fringe playoff team. Like, right. That's fringe, what I'm saying. That's, yeah. 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 That's what I was about to say. So, this is one of those first scenarios that we are seeing that the 12 team playoff is now, this is all because of the 12 team playoff knowing now, Hey, I don't have to go to Georgia. I don't have to go to Alabama. I don't have to go to wherever Texas and fight for a spot. Maybe not play to my third year to get into the playoff. Ultimately, that's what these guys want to do. And then, then you get to the playoff. And like you said, you know, it's a power fives conference champion cupcake game yet. Now you have film against some of the best teams in the country, some of the best players in the country. It's all a win-win. It's all – and then, sadly, it probably ends not to, you know, keep going on this tyrant, but it probably ends, you know, in these five stars getting reps as freshmen, whether they're quality reps or not, maybe reps well, as a sophomore, and then entering the transfer portal right. against – and going to those better, better teams or, so they can play or, in the national championship. here's the flip side of this. Here is the vice – or not the – here's the reciprocal. Mm-hmm. You're you're at Alabama. You're at Georgia. You're at God. I don't even know. I can't think of any other elite college football program uh, at this time because <laughs> low key everyone's falling off. You're at its dominant SEC, Big Ten, Big Twelve school, and you realize, hey, I, I'm not 
going to make it here. I'm not going to be starting until I'm a senior. I believe I'm the best guy at my position group or one of the best guys at my position group, and I should be getting playing time. Well, there's this school in New Orleans that's going to be operating NIL and give you, you know, not only NIL, a great education. They are an educate like their academics actually matter at Tulane too. Like I, mm-hmm. I so absolutely. But no, regardless, you could go to Tulane, compete in the playoff, be on national TV, and you'll be able to you know get maybe get a draft stock. Like you'll be able to do something. You'll be able to do something for yourself if you want to change. And that's the great thing about the transfer portal, right? It gives all these kids opportunities. Maybe a little bit too much, and now with the multi-transfer rule, like you can move whenever you want, like and. But regardless, that's that's not the point here. Uh, Tulane's a good Tulane's a good spot. Tulane's a good spot. They're in the best place they can be as long as Summerall continues to have the success that he had at Troy. Which Troy's not necessarily the easiest place to win football games. It's not the hardest. Like it's probably the easier place to win out of the all the Sun Belt teams. But still, it's not it's not easy being a consistent group of five school it's really not no but the resources that he will be provided over there at Tulane will hopefully allow him to continue to have success and continue the great story that and he's only i believe 40 42 41 he's only 41 and we love that man we've seen how much sean mcveigh has had success being a younger coach just a lot of the younger coaches dan lanning is another great example yeah. these guys can connect with Kalen the DeBoer. Kalen DeBoer is a younger guy too exactly they can connect with the players and it ultimately just creates a great culture within the entire program. And I hope to see that this guy have success where he's at and then continue to go up and go around the coaching carousel, hopefully to bigger, better places. Could not have been said or could not have been said better. All right. Next up, Kurt Signetti leaves to take the Indiana job. So who comes in? Bob Chesney from Holy Cross. And he had a great run at Holy Cross, making four straight Patriot league titles and playoff appearances. Holy Cross has put guys in Division One F- FBS. I cannot say they've had a guy drafted, but I known that even their quarterback this last year. I oh, want to say they did, and I want to say it was the Patriots that drafted one of their guys. I could be right, wrong. but they. Uh, I I know there's a great offensive lineman that transferred to an FBS school. They've had plenty of guys. They've had quarterbacks, skilled positions everywhere. Yeah. Holy- Holy Cross is a Northeast school, and you're probably going to lose your best players to nicer weather and nicer facilities. But going to James Madison, it's a beautiful place. They they're they're a wagon in athletics. Um, <laughs> all but, athletics, uh, yeah, all athletics. Like I'm not just talking about the big ones. Like they are actually just a wagon in every single like athletic department that they have. They. This is a good hire because this is kind of the route you need to go if you're a good group of five school. You need to find a FCS coach that's really good. This has worked with guys like Chris Kleiman. You need to find that next stepping stone, and you know there's the risk of them leaving for a bigger job, but you can also put your football program in the right direction and let other FCS head coaches that or even lower level or a coordinator that's looking to take a head coaching job that's pretty optimistic and relatively talented at what they do to take these jobs, be a nice bridge stepping stone job for them. Cause it keeps your football program consistent. And it also allows you, you can pitch to in the interview process. You can say, Hey, we've put these guys there that can be you next. So that's what exactly what you want to do. I'm, yeah. Couldn't, couldn't have said it better. And you also, 
on the flip side of, you know, maybe a guy leaving for a bigger job, some of these guys, man, they fall in love with these programs and they fall in love with just the grind that is these group of five teams and what they have to go through and how when guys come to them, they're coming to them because they want to play there. They want to get better. Like they're hungry, more almost just as hungry, if not more, to just play football for the love of the game. And sometimes that authentic just love for football and love for the sport and love for the grind makes coaches just not want to leave there. Yeah, I mean, exactly. And James Madison's a nice place. You can win football games there. You can do a lot there. It's a very growing school just in general. I mean, they just came from the FCS two seasons ago. They've been ranked in both seasons at some point. So it's it's a beautiful thing to see. Next up, we have Craig Bull retiring at Wyoming, and they're filling it in with Jay Swavell. The Wyoming defensive coordinator, I don't think there's much to be said about this hire. Wyoming football is irrelevant. Has been since Josh Allen left. And he was not even good at Wyoming. So I have nothing to say. Wait, Josh Allen wasn't good at Wyoming or Wyoming wasn't good when Josh Allen was there? Josh Allen was really not that good. He He was not that good at Wyoming. I mean, for a guy that had nothing around him, he did the best he could and was obviously talented enough. He was no. If you watch his first two seasons in the NFL, no, he was not. I mean, yes, he 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 transitioned. Again, into a, yeah, he had to because I mean, he was just a raw toolsy prospect. I, that's yeah. that's just how it is. Anthony Richardson wasn't good in college. He, I mean, we'll see what happens, but it's looking good so far. It is. Will Levis wasn't a good college football player. And I'm not comparing yeah. Will Levis. To, I, as much as people like to compare those two. But then again, people are calling Drake May Josh Allen. He's not Josh Allen. And don't listen to – oh, God, what's his face? Was it Joel? Was it Joel that said that? No. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Drake May reminds me more of C.J. Stroud than he does of Josh Allen. Yeah. That's for a later conversation. Yes, yes, yes. That is a great point, Robbie. For all you guys that don't know, me and Robbie, we're going to go to the NFL draft. We're going to talk about the draft all the way up leading to the draft. And it's just going to be draft season because it's in Detroit. So me and Robbie are Dude, more passionate exactly. than ever. Yeah. Which we're it's see. free to go if you live in the area, by the way, Um, unless you want to sign up for the VIP tickets where you sit in the section. I know me and Robbie are going and I don't care. I'm going to literally just hide we, out in his we, house. And- we might buy those VIPs. I don't know. Uh, it depends. Might as well give ourselves. A- I don't think there'll be that much. It's Detroit. But hey, I don't know. Have you, if you're not you from the, to- if you're not from the city, if you're not from the city of Detroit, the area of Detroit, you don't follow Detroit news. Detroit's getting Hollywood side, baby. Yeah, I-94 West. This place is booming now, baby. Yeah. We're gonna have and a Super Bowl. There's supposed, be, there's supposed to be like multiple like uh like little signs like before that too, like on your way and stuff. Like I saw I read a little bit about it. But yeah, draft it's season. A lot of is, talk. It's a lot of talk for you know two months of we we're two months out. But hey man, if it it's happens, draft it season, happens. it's draft season because the transfer portal's dying, the coaching carousel might not ever end, but it's in a slower process to say the least. It's draft season, baby. It's draft season. And for what all you guys that are wondering, and I'll just get into this point right now, 
for the reason why we're not talking about oh the transfer portal or signing day because we want to see spring ball matters spring ball matters yes and me and Robbie will probably do more of deep dives into those position groups, other transfer portal, individual teams, all that good nature, especially because a lot of it will be in the summer. And me and Robbie, our jobs are affiliated with being on site and um, having to do that. Well, summer, there's no sports, really. I mean, just baseball. And it ends in like June anyways. So Exactly. So. From late June to early August, you might see it in the Gay Jade episode every single day. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I mean if, they're, if the college football world's giving us content to talk about, yeah. I mean, we have a we have a ton of team to talk about and let you guys know about what you need to know about some certain we teams. Get, we got to talk about why Michigan State's going to win a national title this year. Uh, okay, I don't know about all that. Give us why, like. Uh, why Michigan's not even going to make a bowl, bowl game this year? Just kidding. I'm kidding. kidding. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because Jawan Howard's our football coach, too, because Ford Manuel loves him. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm not even going to get into Jawan. No, I'm not getting oh. into that. Just go home. That's All right. <laughs> at, uh, at New Mexico, Danny Gonzalez leaves. And now they get Bronco Mendenhall, former BYU and Virginia coach, in his head coaching career. He is 135 and 81. It's probably a good thing for New Mexico. This might be also a thing for Mendenhall to also get involved back in being the Power Five as well. You need, sometimes it takes a little bit of readjustment. Maybe you need, it takes a, let me put it this way. If you've ever been on a sports team, or Robbie could probably share this, for example, uh, we've mentioned this before. Going from high school to college, when you're going from you know the mid, like you're dominating to another level of competition, you're going to, a, you're going to an area where you know most guys are just uh, as good as if you. You're, if, you're, if you're going to a, if you're playing college sports, you're the best player in your high school, and now you're going to play with a bunch of guys who are also the best at their high school. So it obviously that levels out the competition. It it's a rude awakening. Yeah, it's a hum- You sometimes need that humbling experience. Absolutely. And there's a lot of the reason why these guys go other places. So what? Coaches too. The coaches have a all the time transfer portal if you really want to put it into simple terms. And Mendenhall, he's looking to get involved being a head coach. New Mexico needs some help. It's a good way. It's a good way to look look at good it. Good for him. Yeah. And I, I think you're spot on with that analysis on just you know, you gotta get humbled a little bit sometimes. It takes a while, right? Yes, it does all right middle tennessee state rocks rick Stockstill out in comes Derek mason former vanderbilt head coach from 2014 to 2020 and he was also serving as oklahoma state defensive coordinator in 2022 after and this year he took a year off middle tennessee state's an interesting program because they do get talent and they're an all right team in the cusa Getting a former head coach and an SEC job, granted, is Vanderbilt a good SEC job? No, but it's also impossible to win there. This might be the right move. You might need to be, if you're these types of schools that are have okay talent, okay facilities, you stack up okay against the competition, you're making bowls some years, not some years. If you want to be more consistent, probably the route to go to get someone that has experience coaching at a disadvantage. 
I think that's a great way to put it. But at the same time, being around a program like Oklahoma State in 2022, that was was a fairly successful program. So he's seen what it's like to win, you know? Uh, Overall, though, the only way to break this down is, is that you're just bringing in a guy with a little bit more knowledge who, you know, has been around a program where there's just, you know, they do things a little different. I understand, yes, it is Vanderbilt, but they're in the SEC. Everybody in the SEC is doing things just a little bit differently or else they would not be in the SEC. This guy's going to have plans and regiments for these guys that they're all going to want to buy into right away. They're all going to, you know, be very curious about and hopefully those when they're implemented can have a little more success because they are playing at a different level of competition. And maybe his resources are kind of in his favor over there at middle Tennessee state. All right, we're not going to have any opinions on these next two schools because they're constantly at the bottom of the barrel in college football. But just so that way we cover it, Terry Bowden is out at ULM or UL Monroe. In comes Bryant Vincent, New Mexico offensive coordinator. Vincent served as the UAB interim head coach when Bill Clark retired, and he went 7-6. and Yeah, nothing to say. Um, and then Dana DeMille out at UTEP and in comes Scotty Walden from Austin P, which has been a pretty solid FCS program. So there you go that those two schools made hires that me and Robbie, we never talked about on the engage a podcast before. And we probably never will unless they make a crazy upset or have a crazy historical run. <laughs> I mean, that's just and the both of those are very unlikely. So. <laughs> yeah, let's go. Yeah. Yes, I had to say it in a monotone voice because, uh, yeah. Um, okay, at Boise State, we have a head coaching change. Indy Avalos is out in income. Spencer Danielson, who served as the interim as the last three games, coaching them to a Mountain West championship game victory over UNLV and also the defensive coordinator. This is prime because Boise State better make the college football playoff this year. I'll say it right now. You got Ashton Genty, one of the best running backs in college. You have a good defensive group. You have a defensive-minded coach, so you're probably going to – you better have – I know there's a lot of continuity in this program. This has to be your year, and if Spencer Danielson doesn't do good with the pieces that are in front of him, I get it. It's probably going to be a learning experience. You know, you'll have to figure it out in your out-of-conference games which a lot of the reason why you fired Andy Avalos is because of the not good performances in the out-of-conference games. So your Boise State, you're one of the top-tier group of five programs, right? Obviously not as good as in the past, but you're still pretty good. You're still relatively good. You need to – this has to be a hit because if not, you see your football program trajectory going down. It's just true. Like, this is – I believe that this is make or break for Boise State with this head coaching hire. That's just how I see it. Sounds like a very uh, similar situation going on here in our great state. You know, Uh, this sounds like a lot like the Sharon Sharon Moore hire. Obviously, Sharon's an offensive guy, but this is a defensive-minded coach. But what I'm trying to say is – Filling in as an interim. Yeah, filling in as an interim, winning a conference title, you know, but has had a great philosophy and is in – one of those years where, you know, like you said, this is where Boise Boise State can really like separate themselves and kind of put themselves in the right direction. Like you said, you make a college football playoff this year, 
that does so much for recruiting. That does so much for your star guys too to just help their draft stock. And not only or does it do all it, of that, yeah, transfer portal too. Exactly, man. It just it can attract those guys that are coming down from those power fives that hey, they need another opportunity. Let's do like there is so much positive things that can happen for this Boise State program. Who, as all of you college football fans, I would hope know it's a program that has been at the top of the college football world, and they can I'm not saying they can necessarily get back there, but they can be in that conversation. Right. Exactly. Maybe not with the new landscape of college football that me and Robbie, you know, we're just not going to, we're just, we'll, so, we'll talk. We're, we're just so curious to see how it's going to play out. That's okay. we're going to put it that way. Yeah. All right. Next up, Willie Fritz fills in for Dana Holgerson after Holgerson gets fired because he just did not have a good time at Houston. Um, But Willie Fritz, obviously we talked about his success at Tulane and what, John Summerall is going to have to do to fill in his shoes. Well, Willie Fritz has got to take over a program that's going to have good NIL money. They're in the Big 12, newly transitioned team from the American. But what he was able to do at Tulane in the group of five is be a New Year's Six Bowl contender and also win a New Year's Six game over, guess what, the probably top quarterback taken in the draft. We'll see. Hey, that's all It's all big things for the resume, right? But here's what's even more important is – Houston in a lot of different athletic or just different sports, right. Has emerged and has really right. separated themselves. Like in basketball, this is a, this is a good basketball school. This is a lot. This is, there's a lot of sports that they're really good at. Right. Houston has attracted those trans. We've been talking so much and we will get into like just the exact names of these players, but they've attracted some really good NIL talent or NIL talent, transfer portal talent. talent Willie with Fritz, NIL. Yeah. With NIL. Exactly. Willie Fritz is a, Bigger name. If you are not a avid college football fan and you come here to get your information, learn the name Willie Fritz. Figure out who this guy was because I'm serious when I say this. Houston can really make a difference with a Big 12 conference that is wide open. Wide open. Texas is yeah. gone. Like this is Oklahoma's a wide gone. I mean, this year, this year, I mean, anyone can win the Big 12. Uh well, I'm not gonna say anyone, but most like Cincinnati's not going to win the Big Twelve this year. Sorry to break it to you, um, Scott Satterfield fans, the five of you. <laughs> uh, you uh, argue it's, Colo- it's Colorado's conference to lose. But... No, 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 no. It's not Colorado's conference to lose. We're not getting. You're not buying into this hype again, okay? But it's not. It's not buying into hype. It's simply saying, Dion, you have to have success, dude. You have to. You're in a lesser conference. Now. Dude, he has to. He's no, got he to. doesn't, dude. I'm not. Not with this. I, not with this team. Not with this for, team. He doesn't. For, for the fans of what are you talking about? He's not got the first two team. picks. He's got the first two picks in the NFL draft. Will Johnson's getting picked before Travis Hunter. He's a okay. Will, no Will because because Travis is entering as a receiver. Maybe, maybe he's not entering as a corner, dude. I mean, he's not. He, he might. He shouldn't. I've talked about this, but he, 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 but if he does, Will Johnson will get picked over because Will yeah. Johnson is should ten times quarter. I mean, Caleb we'll Downs. We'll... Caleb Downs is ten times the secondary guy. It's not the same position. Okay. But... No, Caleb Downs is a twenty twenty six draft guy. Oh my gosh, I forget that he's doing all this as a freshman. He's got to play Michigan for the next two years. Oh, they're. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Willie Fritz is a big name, dude. Willie Fritz is a big name with a big opportunity here at Houston, and I'm excited to see it. 
because I want I want to see Houston succeed. This is a program that has a lot of resources and they are in a great position. This is a tight team, not not right away. This is four or five years looking down the road. They could make a TCU type run. Yeah. They really could. They, they yes 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 yes. I agree, Robbie. All right. Uh, anyways, next up. Michigan legend Brady Hoke had retired from the San Diego State Aztecs. In comes in Colorado offensive coordinator Sean Lewis. Sean Lewis needed to get out of Colorado because they had him stop calling plays right in the middle of the season. No, yeah, reason. we found we, we found out why. No, we did. Yeah. We found out why. Yeah. It, Shadur is a guy, right, that is a very he's such a raw talent. Uh he's got a great arm, he's got a great mind for the game but he's not a system guy at all. This no. is the absolute opposite of a system. And Sean Lewis does run a system. And, and it, worked. Shador... it worked. It worked. No, at the it beginning does. Of the years. It does. And it, and it, it really he coached does. The worst. Okay. He coached the worst FBS football program that you could possibly coach at to a solid record. Kent State. You know what? You look up Kent State's this record, record this season. I'm pretty sure they were the last team in the MAC. The MAC. Not 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 Mac football. Dude, Kent, great. State, Kent State's arguably one of the worst football programs in the history of college football. Like I'm not. And Sean Lewis made him somewhat or made him competitive. That he did. Oh, he did. He did, and that is why he was offered the opportunity. Was but trusted by a guy like Deion Sanders, who I, I don't care what you have to say about Deion Sanders. He knows football, guys. Right. He knows football better than a lot of people. So the it was just two guys clashing. And obviously, Shadur Sanders means a little bit more to that football program than Sean Lewis. And everybody knew Sean Lewis was going to get another opportunity because they knew what he had to deal with over there, Colorado. That's why he's in the San Diego State job, which, in my opinion, it's a great hire. It's, it's a good job. It's not. It's a team that's going to compete for the Mountain West Conference Championship, and I, he can get bring his offensive mind to a really defensive-minded team. It might add a little bit more innovation. Are you going to attract the same defensive talent? Probably not, but you're probably recruiting more locally than you are nationally at San Diego State, which California has a lot of football talent at a lot of different schools, especially in the inner city. And you're recruiting states like Oregon, Washington, Arizona, Nevada as well. So I think yeah. it's a really good hire. I, Sean Lewis is a guy. He's meant for the group of five. And hopefully, I don't mean this to sound disrespectful. I'm just saying he is a great group of five head coach. He is able to maximize the talent out to maximize the amount of talent that he has to the highest degree. And this is the reason why guys like Kalen DeBoer, not that he coached in the group of five, but coaches like Sean Lewis and Kalen DeBoer is a great example, maximizes the talent that he has and puts them in the best position to win. And why Kalen DeBoer was at a big enough job like Washington, got him to a national championship. Absolutely, absolutely. I can't agree more with that statement. So, just uh, all those players from Alabama that are transferring might regret it. Um. Okay. Now, now, uh, Duke. This one's interesting. Mike Elko leaves for the Texas A&M job, of course, and comes in former Miami head coach Manny. Diaz. Not only how former I, Miami head coach, but this was the defensive coordinator at, at one point was the best defense in the country in Penn State until they let a team run 37 straight times on them. Okay, but, but two, even two, even two, after two, that, they were still a great defense. It was still a great defense. Right. I'll, I'll give my two cents and I'll keep it short. This is a terrible hire. 
This is a terrible hire because if you can't succeed at a program like Miami, who has every resource available. There I mean, hell, Mario a- Cristobal just went like seven and six this season, and he's still got a top five recruiting class, which is exactly. insane. Cristobal is a recruiter. Exactly. He is a recruiter. He is. Still. He is 100%. Listen, the only thing you can kind of bash on Miami for is that they don't have the diehard, like, Fan loyal fan base, right? That's the that's the kind of just everything that's wrong with down there in Miami. Screw that. Money, facilities, the you. You are the brand of the University of Miami. You have all this stuff and you can't win there. What says you're gonna win at its institution? First of all, first of all, that is hard to recruit at because them like Stanford, like Vanderbilt, have such high academic standards that you really you are limited to the guys you are allowed to get. And I mean, come on. Has he really developed guys? Is he like, has he really developed guys? We saw a guy like Kalen King go from walking in as a freshman, he was a superstar or as a sophomore when he first got, when he played and then his junior year, he really wasn't the same player. Adisa Isaac never really made that next step. You can argue Chop Anderson did. Chop Robinson. Like in this, Chop Robinson, sorry, not Chop Anderson. In my head, I was picturing Will Anderson. That's funny. Anyways, uh, but uh, this is, that is your just, player coach? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. No. He he's just I don't know if this is the right guy, but hey, he was a hot name in terms of the coordinator guys looking for that next big job. So you kind of had to give it to him and replacing Mike Elko. Were you going to replace Mike Elko? No, that's hard. That's a hard thing to do. So at least you've got a guy who's a defensive mind, which we have proven a lot, time in and time out, that the, some of the best coaches in football are all defensive minds. Right, and I think if you're going to win at a school like Duke or, you know, what I'll get into it later with a different head coach, Um, you need to be – a pain in the ass for other schools to game plan for you. That's really how you, you need to run stuff differently. And that's the good, great nature of college football. You, you're schema- you got, you got to create chaos yeah. is what the, a lot of people put it as, but yeah, keep yeah. going. But like you need to create a schematic that is, or a scheme that's so hard or a pain in the ass for coaches to prep for like the triple options, like the air raid offenses, like a four, two, five defensive look with down line with walk down linebackers, all these different things to really blitz a ton. Do like be you don't want to be just an average school with an average record running average schemes that everyone has figured out. You need to be different. You need to do the things that are really tough to especially figure. now when you have the opportunity to put a school like Duke on the national map. Not that they weren't last year because of Riley Leonard, but because you can now play in the college football playoff. And maybe Malik, maybe Malik Murphy develops. Who knows? I, I forget he's going to Duke until I saw. I, I know it's. It, it makes no sense. I look. I look at that. I look at that though, and I say, okay, once again, that Manny Diaz. We are going to get. He is going to be given the best. The best chance with the circumstances that he's then dealt with. At Duke, he's know, getting dude. This guys. Duke, this this Duke team lost a lot of talent in the transfer portal into the draft. They, so. they absolutely did, but 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 Malik Murphy can attract talent because if he is who people say he is, they've said a lot. I've never heard a bad thing out of anybody's mouth at Texas about Malik Murphy and anybody that's ever played with him. So if he can be a leader and you know 
recruit guys because it's not going to be this year. Duke, if anybody has any expectations for Manny Diaz and Duke and the Duke Blue Devils this year, you are so, so over your head. That is not going to be the team. Maybe two years from now. Maybe two years from now. I don't know. The ACC might get weaker. So They will get weaker, but nah, it's still, it's, it's, everyone's still got to figure out this new yeah. landscape of college football and how to navigate it. Yeah. So I just – and a guy like Manny Diaz who hasn't been really thrown into the mix of that because, you know, the success at Penn State has not been able to – you know, he's not been experiencing those big games. He hasn't even played in a conference championship yet. Yeah. All right. Uh, that's too much time talking about Manny Diaz's name because I can guarantee you in the 2024 season we might mention his name once or twice. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Absolutely. Well, right. uh, who, well, knows? who knows? If we get deep enough into the, where we get that bored because we're recording like three episodes a day about every single team. Yeah, we're going to be predicting and trying to you know talk about what Manny Diaz is feeding Malik Murphy for breakfast when we he posts on Instagram <laughs> that he's got gained 10 pounds of muscle. Well, yeah, maybe, no, maybe because uh, Jesus, no. Uh, all right, Kurt Signetti, James Madison places Tom Allen. You know, and Tom Allen, I, I'm pretty sure he went to go be the Penn State defensive coordinator for Mandy Diaz. Look at that full circle moment right there. It's the carousel, baby. It's beautiful. It's poetic. It's also really confusing sometimes. I think uh, put it in short and simple terms. Signetti is the guy for Indiana to hire. He's a guy, once again, maximizes his talent at a school, gets him to be ranked, gets him to be successful in the FCS, gets to move on. And, you know, he's he's going to coach one of my favorite transfer portal transfer portal quarterbacks in Curtis Work. Yeah. Um, all I can say is coming from a slight insider, I know somebody who is recruited. Uh, out of their senior year to the University of Indiana. Uh, he's coming in as a freshman this year, and he uh, when announced that that Kurt Signetti, I don't think he could have been any more excited. He kind of saw that as an opportunity maybe to leave when you know the coaching change was being made, but because that wasn't the guy he was recruited by. But Kurt Signetti, this is this is the guy. Uh, if Indiana football, we thought we almost saw Indiana football come into relevance, like real relevance, when, when Michael, Michael Penix was. Obviously, that did not work out, but this is their second chance, and I think that I wouldn't be surprised as well because I I almost predicted this. If Signetti didn't get that job, I was very curious to see if Mike Hart goes and takes that job because if you didn't know, he was the running backs coach over there. But either way, this guy is going to build the culture and maximize, like you said, the talent, but also don't forget, Indiana is an attractive place. This is a school with a lot of great history. And, and Mark Cuban with uh, NIL inflection. That's exactly what I was just about to say. I was thinking, I was pondering of who that guy was because I knew the NIL program was coming. Well, he's not the owner and, of the Dallas Mavericks anymore. So, All right, so now what has he got his time to do? He's got a time to you know dump money into Indiana. Yeah. Kurt Signetti yeah. made a freaking – Kurt Signetti – made a shark tank pitch to Mark Cuban and Mark Cuban is buying in. So let's see where this goes. I wonder how much stake uh, Mark Cuban has in the um, Indiana football program. How much I'd have he, to think uh, a decent amount. A decent yeah. amount. I want to see that episode come out. Uh, me too. Me too. <laughs> all right. 
Uh, Jonathan Smith leaves the Oregon State job to go coach at Michigan State, which we will get into later, even though we've covered it a decent amount. And uh, Trent Bray, the former Oregon State offensive defense or offensive defense. Wow. Defensive coordinator comes to be the fill in guy. If this is Oregon State, this is obviously the move you have to do. They've been a pretty defensive program for as long as I can remember. I'm just trying to stick with continuity and, you know, your football future is uncertain in terms. I mean, I know they have something in place for playing Mountain West teams and trying to keep the Pac-12 alive, even though those two Pac-12 teams are going to play in WCC conference next year, which is the West Coast, West Coastal Conference, which teams like St. Mary's and Gonzaga play in. So, but it keeps continuity. It's uh, it's the right thing to do, probably if you're Oregon State. That's about all you can need. You can't take the, an outside guy and lose absolutely everyone in your football program, even though you have lost a lot. Yeah, I mean it's an unfortunate situation that Oregon State was becoming relevant. Right, they had all the guys in place, and then they had to just go through such a. I don't know. I, in some ways, you argue it was really good for the program because guys that you know maybe weren't going to get recognized. Jonathan Smith did make those guys somebodies, and now he, whether they followed him to uh, Oregon State like Aiden Childs and you all the Michigan other guys State. that followed in Michigan State. That's what did I say? Oregon State. They followed. They followed follow him. him Michigan. From, yeah. The yeah, players yeah. from Oregon State followed him to Michigan State, or you know they just go on to bigger and better programs. The this only is, thing I'll be that win, I'm really win. confused by is why Damian Martinez and Deshaun Fenwick are still at the program. Because those two kids are studs. Well, you you can argue why did Darius Clemens go there? I mean, you you say it's because of staying at home, but you know if you wanted to stay at home, why didn't you just? I don't know. Go to Washington. Go to who knows? Oregon. We'll never know. We'll never know. Actually, and he maybe, would not play. He would not play at Oregon. Either. No, 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 not with not with Evan Stewart uh, coming in too. <clears throat> Anyways, it's unfortunate, but like you said, with the collapse of the Pac-12, there was going to be at least one of these teams that was a semi, you know, good program that was just going to absolutely collapse. This was the program. The Beavers are not going to be the same that they were last year, as we know. But hey, it's got to happen to somebody, right? And you tip your cap and you wish nothing but the best of luck to Jonathan Smith and all the guys that have moved on. Yes. All right. Dino Barbers is out at Syracuse. I believe he got fired, actually. But in comes in former Georgia defensive backs coach Fran Brown. And you only make this move because you're trying to improve recruiting. You only do it. I mean, you so, only don't get me wrong. Right. No, 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 but but he, the Georgia Georgia's defensive back room has been one of the staples for Georgia's defense. I mean, you can argue the whole damn defense, but their defensive backs are consistent. You got guys like Javon Bullard and Kamari Lasseter going to the draft this year from Georgia that are pretty damn good. You got guys like uh, not Nolan Smith, Chris Smith. Oh God, what's that? Ringo, like you have a ton of guys that are just really good. Even Starks there right now. That's another really good kid. Like there is a bunch of talent, and I know I'm missing a couple guys too, but there is a bunch of talent in this Georgia defensive back room that, you know. That he's been the reason why they are right, good football exactly, players. Exactly, yeah. what you're trying to say. So that shows development, right? I mean, they're getting really, really top-notch high school talent, and that is something also that we've shown he can, that he can attract because – 
there's so many great coordinators out there, so many great positional coaches at all of these large schools, but they're choosing Georgia because he is a part of that culture, right? This is my favorite hire of the entire carousel, to be honest with you, because, first of all, Syracuse is a cool place. This Syracuse is a really cool place, uh, really unique stadium. This is an indoor stadium, but this is a school that has, like, they got, a, like, a Motsi to them. Like, they got a really loyal student fan base, but everyone in the city of New York or the state of New York loves this university. So in some ways, this is an attractive place. Fran Brown comes in, now he attracts big recruits. There's money all over that university, man, all over it. And a lot of great programs for athletes to major in, so therefore their academics are in favor. Like, there's a lot of things. I've read into this a lot on just why. I've gotten the opinions of people that I know from Syracuse. Fran Brown could be the answer in a conference that is – completely up for grabs and not to be confused this Syracuse team was really good two years ago when Garrett Schrader you know threw a football and Sean Tucker was there and they had a plenty of other plethora of guys there as well but it's proven that it can work and not only with now with a guy who's and dude the guys he's already brung along big talent he's got the eyes of a lot of people a lot of people are giving him attention on the recruiting trail all right this Next one, going to be very quick because we already saw him in action this season as the interim, and I'm glad that he got promoted as the head coach. Northwestern fires Pat Fitzgerald because of, uh, if you don't know the story, we're not going to talk about it here, but there's plenty of video surfaced on the internet of why he was fired. Um, but in comes in David Braun as the interim head coach for Northwestern. Is I think this was a great hire. I think he led Northwestern after coming off, I believe, a 1-11 season to a team that made a bowl game. And that's nothing – that's your goal as Northwestern is uh, now that there's no Big Ten West, you got to make a bowl game. You got to make a bowl game. And you did that this season with a lot well, of just confusing talent at the quarterback position. Um, but uh, yeah. regardless, yeah. I, think, uh, I think this is a good hire. Uh, to make him your full-time guy. I mean, obviously he did good when everything was in the wrong direction. What can he coach Northwestern to do? It's a very nice private university that has a, academic standards. So your success is probably not the most. It's a little it's limited. Capped. It's capped yeah. for sure. Yeah. This is, this is a great hire, man. This is, a, this is such a unbelievable story, to, to say the least. Um, I – I compare this one with the likes of Matt Rule at Nebraska and just the fact that they've kind of just taken a program that was so buried, so buried, so forgotten, uh, so just left in the dust and made something of it. Now you got to build on that. That is that is a huge piece, but obviously they have trusted him with the keys to do that. Guys have bought in. You're seeing a lot of guys, uh, you know, re- not just pick up and leave pick up going the portal just not even try to get that fifth year whatever it may be just guys that are staying around that want to help build the future of this help develop the guys that are coming in and they don't have the worst of recruiting classes to be honest with you and i think that is a large part into the you know the evidence that was presented itself on the field and that was just the coaching of yeah of just this entire staff you gotta lead a staff man you gotta you gotta rebuild a program and rebuy in people after catastrophe and he did that yes he did all right mississippi state 
fire Zach Arnett or not. I don't know if it was a firing or they just agreed to leave because it was a Mike Leach one year fill in replacement. We kind of thought this was going to be the situation anyways, and comes in Oklahoma offensive coordinator, Jeff Webby, Jeff Webby. Um, I mean, he didn't do anything crazy at Oregon granted he or not Oregon, Oklahoma. I'm thinking of Dylan Gabriel who left Oklahoma to go to Oregon. Um, I mean, you, if you're Mississippi State, I believe you're trying to find another Mike Leach. And with Oklahoma being such an offensive-centric uh, team, uh, not as much under Venables, but when he was working with Lincoln Riley, I think this is probably the right hire. Probably going to be. I think it's the, I, I, think it's the it, safest hire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're Mississippi State, just like teams like Northwestern or teams like Indiana, your goal is to make a bowl game. That 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 is your that's your. I know they were ranked number one in the college Wait, football. Go, uh, get a bowl game and you get a couple guys in the NFL. Yeah, get yeah. a couple. Names. That's it. And they they put talent in the NFL. They are they're they were very pass heavy offensive. Put tackles in. You, I know they had a corner drafted recently, which is blanking off my mind in this past draft. Forbes, Emmanuel Forbes. You know, Forbes. There we go. I mean, and he was horrible. <laughs> Yeah, he was not good in college, nor was he good in the NFL. Um, Dak Prescott, obviously, going there. Like Mississippi State's put talent, and they've had you. You can have those boom years where you go nine and three or ten and two and be in the top twenty-five. Like it's very possible at Mississippi State. It's just really hard to maintain that consistency. So you kind of have to find your years. So that's just kind of how I think about Mississippi State. We'll see what type of trajectory they take with Jeff Levy, or if they will be in the same position in the next three or four years, because it's very possible. It is. It's just uh, one of those things. All right. I won't say this is my favorite hire, actually, but because this, it's honestly biased, but I am very impressed with the hire of Jonathan Smith after Mel Tucker doesn't know how to uh, properly communicate with females. Um, <laughs> No. Um, But to be honest, I'm just, with the job that he's done so far with obviously the transfer portal acquisitions, you get one of the top quarterbacks in Aiden Childs. You maintain your good parts of your coaching staff as well as bringing in different parts of your coaching staff to be part of this team being a one cohesive unit. And it looks like this is a bright future waiting ahead of Michigan state. You do solid work in the transfer portal. You keep your guys that you want to out of high school and add some, a couple kids in at the end that are important. And I'm excited to see what he does in this 2025 recruiting class. And also what he does in this 2024 season. It's a process though. It, he reminds me of D'Antonio so much. He's not a guy that's going to flip flip things just like that it's a process he has a process he wants those dogs he want there's a reason why the term spartan dogs hasn't mentioned meant as much recently because mark d'antonio was a guy that wanted those spartan dogs Mel tucker wanted those chihuahuas that wanted to flex and lamborghinis and all of these freaking expensive sports cars and i'm go, i'm rambling on and on and on because i'm very passionate about this hire as a michigan state fan it matters a lot to me as the team that I watch and I go to games too, and Robbie has to wear a Nate and Childs jersey at the next Michigan game. Don't think that I forgot, Mr. Elliott, because we haven't got we haven't even gotten you to ordering it yet. And you know, he gets to wear it to the next uh Michigan Michigan State game when we go. So yeah, I mean that's just that's just it. I I really do love this hype though. 
This is such a good hire. And this is a good hire because he's already done something that is very, very important if you want to be successful as a, at, at Michigan State. And you have to win the battles, the recruiting battles within this state. This is a good state, right? Um, keeping a guy like Nick Marsh, huge, super huge. That's probably the best prospect in this state right now besides Bryce Underwood. And you're getting others' attention. Guys of the likes of even like CJ Sadler or like those guys, they have Jonathan Smith's attention, right? Or Jonathan Smith has their attention. But more importantly, he has kind of just let his own doing, and that is doing all that he's been able to do right now is recruit. Uh, he's had a couple press conferences, I believe, and kind of just reestablish this whole thing and make sure that everybody within the program and within the building is on board with him. He has done that, and he's just let that speak for everything. He's not been a guy that's been out on social media. It's been out on this and out on that, like you said, what Mel Tucker was doing. And then you were kind of just sitting there after the Kenneth Walker season being like, okay, you said all this for a whole year, and where's the results, right? Jonathan Smith has, not, has been the complete opposite. I think he's just letting his own work do the talking, and I think it's going to translate. Like you said, it's going to be a process. This is not a team that's going to go out and win nine games. And hopefully not it's not all. like the Philadelphia 76ers process. Um, Cause it's still, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I well, mean, I'm excited for this. This is, this is probably. Yeah. I would say this is the most excited I've been for a Michigan state quarterback. Uh, Aiden Childs is an exciting prospect has been since he's came out of college or high school. Uh, and he went to Oregon State, and now he's got the chance to play in the biggest, one of the biggest conferences in college football, and play in some of the biggest rivalries in college. And it'll football. give this a new, a yeah. This one thing I'll say: it'll give a new dynamic to this offense that it's been needing for about ten years now. Um, he can run it in Michigan State. I mean, Peyton Thorne did it a little bit, but Peyton Thorne's not the runner that Aiden Childs is. And I think Childs with not, I don't think he's going to be the most consistent arm just based on what I've watched. He's not going to be a guy that you can have throw 40 times from the pocket and expect him to do great things. Like he's, he is one that needs to almost not let stuff break down, but I don't think he's the most instinctive player. If I'm going to be completely honest. He's a a playmaker. He's a playmaker, not a traditional, like he might not be loved by NFL draft scouts um, because of just, He's not going to be your guy that's going to take two steps. In the He's your Johnny ball. football guy, dude. He's Johnny yeah. football. He is he going plays to be a great backyard style. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, you can do that at if you're real if you're top of your team. And also, I mean, there's this thing called player development too, and we've seen that Patrick Mahomes was not the same player that he was in college as he is in the NFL. Great player in college, but in terms of play style, not the same player. I mean, he makes the same type of plays, but it's it's different there's there's levels to it and it, i mean that lamar the, jackson yeah lamar jackson can got developed into a pocket not a pocket passer but but he and throw a good pass josh allen can sit in the mm-hmm. pocket and throw a good pass and you wyoming i mean credit like like we said earlier it's wyoming but, yeah, yeah but no this is this is a great move in the right direction in a program that was looking like an absolute dumpster fire and yeah. they fixed that they put that fire out and i think this is going to move in the right direction it's going to move slow at first but this thing can snowball really fast as long if they get a couple big wins in this conference yes 
indeed. All right. Jimbo Fisher gets bought out for 77 million. And with his staff, it was like somewhere around like 85 or whatever. Um, in comes Mike Elko. I really this might be is it my favorite hire? No, actually it's not because I, I, I like one hire way too much that you're probably not gonna expect. Um I really do like this hire though. I mean, just like it's not probably popular to love. Um I really do like this hire though for Texas AM. I think if they actually want to win, and this is kind of some, honestly same situation to Mel Tucker, but it got expanded on to more years. A coach that just talks, talks, talks. I'm going to spend a ton of money, ton of money, ton of money, ton of money, and it does nothing. It really, I mean, Texas AM, they had good football seasons. They almost made it to the college football playoff in that COVID year. You put guys in the NFL and you attract talent. Yes, there's an exodus of a lot of good talent in Walter Nolan, Evan Stewart. Other important guys like LT Overton as well. There's a lot of there's a lot of exodus, but you're having a top a ton of top talented players leave anyways when you were under Jimbo because you realize oh this is actually not a good coach football team. They just talk over here and they said I was going to be a difference, but I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm really not. So I'm going to go be a difference somewhere else and win football meaningful meaningful football games uh, because this team's out of it in September. So hopefully that changes with Elko. Elko, you know what? I don't think he's going to be a great year one guy. I don't think he's going to be a guy that's going to step in right away and be like, oh, we're going to make the college football playoff. But it's definitely not out of the poss possibilities as well because their schedule is relatively winnable this year to win nine games, which might only be what you need in the SEC. So, but Elko, I think it's a great hire. Uh, I'm excited to see what the stuff if with uh, Connor Wagman because Connor Wagman is one of my sleeper picks to be in a Heisman candidate. Uh, next year i think the kid's seriously uber talented i don't think he was in the right system but when he played last year before he got hurt there was a difference between when he was on the field and when max johnson was on the field so yeah i just want to see before i call this a grand slam hire because it could be I just want to see how he handles the pressure of being at a school like Texas and him. But he's been there. He was the defensive coordinator there before before he took the Duke job. He knows how to operate it's, Texas. It's it's, it's it's different. different. Yes, yeah, 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 it's different. But like, and I'm, I'm going to say he, that about the same guy who's going to operate, who's going to get, who just got a he job. He has familiarity with the program in how hot. It but can you're be. you're, but you're you're the you're the head coach now. All the heat comes on at you. When you are in a place like College Station in a stadium like Kyle Field, yeah, it is directly you on you. And you can thank Johnny Manziel for making your uh, program relevant. Uh, <laughs> yes, you can. Literally, yes, you can. Him and Cliff Kingsbury. Him and Cliff Kingsbury. Oh boy. All right. Uh Kalen DeBoer getting hired after one of the great legends. Nick Saban retires. This is my favorite hire. This is my favorite hire. There's yeah, I mean, Kalen DeBoer taking this job is a – listen, Dan Lanning taking this job was not the right move, in my opinion, because I feel like Dan Lanning hasn't had the opportunity to really establish himself, right? But Kalen DeBoer is an interesting guy because he's kind of just won everywhere. Has There's the argument that he hasn't recruited, right? But he's, he's still at, he's everywhere. He's he's just let me put it this. He he was at Indiana, 
Indiana had arguably one of its best seasons in recent memory as an offensive coordinator. Won three titles at Sioux Falls in the NAI. He went to Fresno State and was very successful with Jay Kaner and the quarterback talent there. And they were a good team. I believe they won a Mountain West Conference Championship. Goes to Washington. Goes to Washington. Brings in one of the best college football quarterbacks in recent memory. And obviously has star-studded receiver talent as well. Goes only loses two games in his tenure. Like this dude's legit. This dude is legit. I actually have a screenshot, Sarabi, if you want to talk about this for a minute, because I there's this crazy stat that I just yeah, yeah, yeah. So so in my opinion, in my opinion, you can't uh Kalen DeBoer is a very mature and intelligent individual who understands that when you take the job at Alabama, who you're you're not filling in shoes of Nick Saban. Those shoes have been taken up and left the second Nick Saban made the decision to walk out of that building. You are nobody in the Alabama football facilities. Nobody, no Alabama fans, no Alabama players expects Kalen DeBoer to be Nick Saban. And Kalen DeBoer knows he's not Nick Saban, knows he can't be Nick Saban, and is therefore going to walk in and do exactly what he did at Washington and think of it as the same situation. I'm going to put in my my scheme. I'm going to put in, do things my way, and that's just how this football team is going to be operated. And that's okay, and that's what needs to happen because he's had success too. You're not – nobody – just like the whole Tom Brady argument – Nobody is going to have that much sustained success in the history of the game, in the history of coaching ever again. That guy was the most dominant football coach of all time. Kalen DeBoer knows that. Kalen DeBoer is willing to respect that. He's going to honor Nick Saban and honor the traditions of Alabama, but he's going to do it in his own way. Right. And that is the vibe that I've gotten since day one that he took that job. And I, I love it. And that's why people are leaving. That's what people need to understand. People are not leaving because Kalen DeBoer is a bad coach, but they're leaving because Nick they wanted what Nick Saban. They went there to play for Nick Saban. Nick Saban walked out, so therefore they said, "Okay, I'm out." That's that's okay. That, that that's perfectly normal because they're still gonna have a really good team next year. They they are, and that's because there is intelligent college athletes who understand that Kalen DeBoer is just is is a winner too. There's That's a like reason Caleb why Gons, though they came yeah. to Alabama to play for Nick Saban, and now right. that he's and not I mean, going to go to more all, Yeah, Kalen DeBoer is more offensive-minded head coach, and Caleb. Yeah, that's why. To, that's why Milrow didn't leave. Milrow saw what he did with Michael Penix, man, and he can see he wants to be the same dude. He wants hot to be take, the same. Jalen Milrow is not going to be the starting quarterback for Alabama in the 2024 season. It's a very hot take, but it could be. It could be true. I just think there's going to be someone, and that's going to enter in the spring window. I don't know who it is yet, but that um, I thought I thought it was gonna be Julian saying that take, that took his job, but you know, no, no, obviously no. there's someone there's something that they well like having receivers those. like Ryan Williams, a kid that can go anywhere in the country. If he said, "Hey, I want to come play for you," you get a knock down their door. They would have given him a two million dollar nil signing bonus and a scholarship to play for the football team. Though the the thing that I wanted to point out, and this is uh. This is sourced from Bud Elliott, and but he is a very extensive and analytical college football researcher, also a former lawyer too. Just wanted to point that out too. And my dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> he wasn't poor. <laughs> I'm just kidding. 
<laughs> Someone's got to clip that and send that to him. Anyways, uh, after after Kalen DeBoer coach, or I'll read it word for word. After he coaches his first 10 games at a school, Kalen DeBoer is 80 and three. Yeah, dude, 80 and three. Like, this is now, like, is that going to happen at Alabama? Probably not. But the fact that he's able to have that much success, I couldn't tell you another head coach that could honestly – I don't know if Nick Saban's doing that, if I'm completely being completely honest with you. With how competitive that Pac-12 has been the last two seasons, I don't know. I don't know. Yes, he does because he took that Alabama team to a Rose Bowl, dude. He took Alabama to the Rose Bowl, and yeah, he went toe-to-toe saying- toe and took Michigan to the last play. Yeah. Dude, that team she had no business being there. Yeah. Nick Saban doesn't. But that's the thing is – that's why Kalen DeBoer is the perfect guy to walk into that building as the next yeah. head coach of Alabama. Yeah. Because exactly. he wins. He wins. He wins. That's what and, they want. And guess what? Nick Saban wasn't this big recruiting guru guy, but he, he no, built. He said, he said his, his recruiting pitch was, you want to go play in the NFL? Look at the guys that have already got there. I've been there. I was – dude. For anybody, I'm just going to go on this one time because we never got to talk about the Nick Saban departure. If you have not I watched got Football talk. Life – yeah. yeah, you did. If you have not watched Football Life, Nick Saban, go watch that. And you will understand why that guy was so great. And you understand what his recruiting pitch was. Because it wasn't that, hey, you know, we got this, we got that. No, no, no. I'm going to be, you're going to be disciplined. There's, I have the best coaches around me and I have the best facilities. I'm going to develop you into an absolute monster. And every single day, you're going to line up against the best football players in college football. You will line up with the best, with better players. Monday through Friday than you will on Saturday, and that is why you'll make it to the NFL. Yeah. And it's competitiveness. Yeah. And that's what you need. And Kalen DeBoer is one of those guys. He is one of those guys. He is. He is one of those guys. I mean, look at look at there's a reason why Washington's only gonna have two starters returning next year. Uh yes, that is actually proven. And a lot of them are going to the NFL and a lot of them are going to better places or Alabama. Because guess what? He puts guys in successful positions everywhere he's gone, and he's going to only be able to do that at a more maximum. Michael, Michael Penix owes Kalen DeBoer his – I'm not going to put it that way, but – He owes him a nice is, house in Jamaica. Obvious, <laughs> I'll put it – this is satire, but he owes him his life, man. Michael Penix blew out his knee twice. He's blown out his shoulder. shoulder. Yeah. And DeBoer is just – yeah, he never gave up on him, and he put him in the best opportunity. He may not be, you know – Day one, day two, pit, or might not be a first round, second round guy, but he's going to get selected in the NFL draft. He's going to be given an opportunity to live oh, every kid's dream. I, I hear that. Uh, I don't even know. I don't even want to get in the NFL. Joel Clay no, has him as the number. Oh, yeah, he has the him rated as the four, number four quarterback. Um, yeah, we'll talk Joel about. Clatt. He's Joel Clay. I don't know. He's getting hired on NFL Network to talk about the draft. So. Yeah, because he's Joel Clay. He is Joel Clad. All right. Uh, Kalen DeBoer leaves Washington. Arizona gets, or they get Arizona's Jed Fish. Good hire. Good hire. Uh, Arizona was good shit. hire, but how do they not get Noah Fafita? Is my question. Um, because Arizona, well, first of all, um, uh, the, the coach they just hired, Brett Brennan, a really successful and proven guy at San Jose State, a football program where it is impossible to win at precisely. It is the Kent State of the Mountain West Conference. And, I mean, they already have so much. It, it, it was a package deal between Tutoria McMillan and Noah Fafita. I think also with 
Arizona being one of the only few FPS programs to really buy into Nova Fafita. I think he wants to stay there and it might not be as important, but at these smaller schools, man, a lot of to some of these guys, it matters more about the pride for your school and everything. And also being able to put your school on the map. I feel like that's what they want to do. I also think Brett Brennan's just one of the best hires you can get, but back to the Jed fish point. Cause we'll get into Brett Brennan next. This is what you needed to do. Jedfish took a Arizona program um, that was not very good under Kevin Sublin and turned to to be playing in an Alamo Bowl, which is a pretty pretty. I mean, I know bowl games don't have as much value as they used to, but the Alamo Bowl is still a pretty impressive bowl game to be playing in. He recognizes talent. He gets guys in the right position. He's it was. Some, Supposed to be claimed as the Florida head coach when Billy Napier gets fired, but I don't think that's going to happen anymore. Uh, that's when uh, Urban Meyer comes back to college football. Um, but <laughs> gotta say it every episode until it happens. It probably won't ever happen, but if it does, if it does, this man Robbie Elliott is uh, not going to be a happy camper. I'll never watch the. I'm never going to watch college football ever again if Urban Meyer's back. <laughs> I hate that guy. <laughs> Do you hate him because he owned you every year, or yeah, because he took me by the nutsack <laughs> and just freaking dragged me along in pain for most of my entire yeah. upbringing as a Michigan football fan? Yeah, I mean, you also didn't have the greatest run of uh, head coaching hires either. Um, but no, we had yeah. a guy named Rich Rodriguez and Brady Hope. Hey, hey, Rich Rodriguez is doing completely fine at Jacksonville State. Don't even hate. Yeah, because it's Jacksonville State. He has no pressure. <laughs> yeah. Regardless, uh, I do think this is a really good – it's just nice to keep another piece or another head coach that's able to identify talent in pieces and roster construction and being able to do that at a school like Washington where you're going into the Big Ten and just to maintain competitive. I think, once again – this is one of those what I like to call window schools, and to put proof in the pudding of what a window school is, teams like Tennessee two seasons ago, Ole Miss this year. Like this is what this is what you this you need to hit your window when you're able to max maximize your talent. What Washington did this year too, or this past season too, being able to maximize your window with the talent that is presented in front of you, you're not going to be a eleven and one, ten and two team every single season but you're going to be able to make those pushes when you have the right talent roster assistant coaches all in your favor. And that's just the Washington's one of those, one of those window schools. So yeah. That, that they are. that's, they, that's all I could say. And he's the perfect guy to do it for him. He is. Um, Brett Brennan from San Jose state went 34 and 48 at San Jose state, but one, once again, impossible to win at, Took them to a seven and one record also in the COVID season where I believe they ended up winning the Mountain West Championship. He's just one of those guys where I think he's a little bit unproven, but it's also because San Jose State, you're very limited on just what you can do there. And I'm excited. I'm excited to see what he can do at Arizona because Arizona could legitimately win the Big 12 next season. And if they kept Jed Fish, they probably would be my pick, but they're not. And We'll get into conference championship predictions. Obviously, we have a whole spring to go through, too, because how I kind of want to do it, and me and Robbie will talk about this more and more as time goes on, but I want to do, obviously, draft season and then spring, spring, fall season, and 
talk about, you know, what's hot, who are the hot guys in the transfer portal, and then do team evaluations, and then we'll do conference evaluations. So that's how I would go. Kind of, I didn't do the same thing last year when I was doing more solo work, and then obviously I had this guy who I pitched the idea to, and now he uh, is like, oh, man, I got to come on here. No, I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> but uh, No, we love no. what we do. We love what we do, and we wish we could have, I've done it more often, but it's also kind of dead season too. And also me and Robbie are probably at the busiest points we'll be in our entire lives for the next for the foreseeable future. Um, but uh, no, I think this is a great hire. And then we're just going to get through these last. Oh, okay. We have a couple that I think we want to expand on, but it's starting to become a pretty lengthy episode. And if you made it, why not like subscribe and share? All right. Uh, Major Applewhite being promoted, which awesome name, awesome name. Uh, because Womack's going to leave to, I believe, be the defensive coordinator at Alabama. He's taking some coordinator job at Alabama. I don't know if it's offense or defense. Uh, but Major Applewhite, former offensive Alabama or South Alabama coordinator, he's been with the team for the past two seasons and he should be fine. You should be fine. Um, Ravi, you got anything to say? Uh, no, I think this is just uh, – it is. It, I think it keeps uh, USA relevant. USA has been kind of on the uptick and on the rise, and that's why a guy – that's why their head coach is, you know, getting considered over there at the University of Alabama and Kalen DeVore's staff because this guy knows how to coach. But I also think being mentored by a guy like that is why Major Applewhite can keep USA on the prowl into relevancy and on a hunt – some more bowl wins all right out at buffalo is maurice lindquist and in comes in pete lembo from south carolina special teams coordinator i got nothing buffalo is irrelevant to me they will never win the mac they will never be very irrelevant if you're not miami ohio central michigan maybe or oh toledo 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 too you're probably not winning the mac if you're not those four teams so i'll stay nice yeah yeah Um, yeah uh, Brett Brennan, obviously leaving to go take the Arizona job. In comes in Ken. God, I'm gonna butcher this. Nema Tulalo, Tulolo, Nema Tulolo, Nemua Tololo, Nemua Tololo. Okay, Ken. This is just a live. I, I've done plenty of roster like reading or rosters for announcing and calling games, and this is definitely the most confusing name I've ever read in my entire life. Numa Tololo, I think is how you say it. I'm not pronouncing it because I don't even have it in front of my face. But we'll call him Coach Ken. Coach Ken. Coach. Coach Ken. I uh Coach, I'm just Ken. There we go. Uh former yep, UCLA Titans coach. Um he was the uh he was the former Navy coach for 16 years, and then he got fired from there. And then maybe he brings the option to San Jose State. I don't know. I really don't. He doesn't maybe bring the option with him, but he brings. You got to be quite a disciplined guy, old school, gritty football that they preach at the Naval Academy and all those military academies. That's what he's going to bring to San Jose State. That's going to be different than everybody else, and we'll see how it plays out. As long as his players don't call him Coach, I'm Ken. 
I'm just Ken. That's what I should say. No, but apparently uh, what, some of the things that I heard is like he just had a great – when he was at Navy, like he had a ton of players go to his house and a lot of people were part of the academy and everything, and it was like very family-oriented when he was at Navy. And hopefully you can bring that type of program and tradition into San Jose State, which you got to be pretty disciplined at because it's a good academic school in California. Yep. And, you're also, and also uh hopefully your parents aren't traveling far for games because gas is just ridiculous out there. All right. Uh <laughs> out goes Jim Harbaugh to the NFL. In comes Sharon Moore. Robbie, take this one away because this is all you. All right. I've given my thoughts. So go listen to that episode yeah. if you want to hear my thoughts. Yeah, yeah. So, so here, here's the thoughts, okay? This is a PSA to all Michigan fans. And I'm going to give the same speech that I gave about Kalen DeBoer becoming, coming into the Alabama program after Nick Saban left. Jim Harbaugh isn't in the same category as Coach Saban. But in terms of just the coaching world in the football aspect, this is a guy who might be one of the very few guys to win a Super Bowl and win a national championship. He's certainly one of the very few guys that has won a national championship and been to a Super Bowl. So he does deserve some respect in that in the fact that he turned around a Michigan football program that was great, okay? Or that wasn't great, turned him back to great. Here is why Sharon Moore obviously was the right hire, and that is simply because of continuity. Um, there is a culture built. Now, is it hard? Terrible hire. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, it, it is not. It's not a terrible hire. <laughs> no, um, there, there was nobody. There's nobody really else for that job, anyways, because of just the uniqueness that Michigan is. Throne more though is taking. I was very scared actually when I first when I started thinking about this. I'm like, my I know. Gosh, he, I Robbie, Robbie is like, we're gonna be shit. We don't. We aren't gonna have shit. I just everyone's, because, because, everyone's entering the portal. <laughs> we're not gonna have a football program in five years. I no, I was not that overreacting, but I was just afraid of a guy. I was just afraid of Sharon Moore trying to be Jim Harbaugh, and he doesn't need to be Jim Harbaugh, and he can't be Jim Harbaugh. Like, not only can I don't think he will be, but he can't be. And here's why: I think it's the pretty players, hard to be an exact clone of Jim Harbaugh. He is. The, yeah, I'm just yeah. talking. Yeah, I know what a, you that's mean. A guy, that's a guy who lives and breathes football. All he talks about is football. You ask anybody Hell, that's he has kids over for sleepovers to convince them. <laughs> okay, anyways. Jake Moody. That, Jake yeah, Moody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but, but anyways, so, okay. Trone Moore has done a great job at not listening to anybody. Michigan fans, you need to quiet down and just understand – Harbaugh was – this was part of the promise to come coach for Harbaugh when the contract got made and he made his own staff. He told those guys, I'm going to get you back to the NFL. This has been Harbaugh's plan the whole time. He knew that at some point in time he was going to make it back, whether he won a national title or not. Okay? Sharon Moore knew that. Sharon Moore was the guy that took over the job and has now built his own staff. And he's built his staff very uniquely. He's understood that, yes, I do I have to keep continuity? Do I like the Michigan guys who love Michigan football just like Sean Moore does, just like Jim Harbaugh did, and just like Kirk Campbell and all those other guys that are still there? Yes, you had to do that. But then you bring in other pieces, outside pieces, like the defensive line coach from, the West, from Wisconsin, bringing in guys like that, bringing in Wink Martindale, who schematically fit 
Michigan's style of play last year. You also that, had all the that stuff was the right. Uh, Tommy DeVito and all those great New York transfers. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Just the great. But, you know, that's why he's the defensive coordinator, not the offensive. Oh, Anyways. you know what? I thought he would. No, who is our offense coordinator? Is Sharon calling? Kirk Campbell. Okay. And Kirk's from. Yeah. Kirk Campbell was the quarterback's coach slash passing game coordinator for Michigan oh, football gosh. last year. So they're screwed. No. No, no. Yeah. Arguably, you would say that they're not because the best offensive game in terms of pass-heavy game was that Eastern Carolina game where JJ and you know Roman went crazy. I get it; it's Eastern Carolina, but it still showed that he is a willingness to throw the football, right. even though he doesn't have his guy. the The point that I want to make, though, is this: everybody, right, has had all these teams have had these coaching carousels, and they've. DeBoer has had watched his guys walk away from the program, yada, yada. We are three weeks from that departure and three weeks from the announcement of the hiring. They've lost Ben Herbert, who has arguably been the biggest glue guy besides Jim Harbaugh at that Michigan football program. They've lost, gosh, I could go on Clinksdale. They've lost Jay Harbaugh. Holy f- Jay Harbaugh. They lost freaking Jesse Minter. They lost. I want to say they lost Minter's dad. I there's just so yeah. They many did guys, lose right? Minter's dad. They've lost. Yeah. Uh, who was the D line coach? Um. Yeah. Uh. The, the, the Elston is it Elston. Yeah, I think so. It's Elston. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I I so, heard. I've listened to plenty of stuff. Read about plenty of stuff about all these guys that have been leaving. And yeah. It's gonna be. It's gonna be a. The one thing I'll say is it's going to be a – it's not going to be a rebuild. It's going to be more – it's, it's just an uphill battle. It's well, an uphill battle that Sherman Moore is going to attack. Like, it's like you run out of your clip of all the great shots that you had, right? And ammunition is hard to come by when you're in combat. Now you got to reload and you got to get some ammunition to fire back and you got to keep this thing rolling if you're Sherman Moore because – yep. And he is. And this is why every Michigan fan needs to be so confident in the fact that he will because we have seen one guy – shut your mouth. We've seen one guy that has been a very key part of this team enter the portal, and that was Keon Sab, who rightfully so in terms of the uh, style of defense that Week Martindale is going to run. He also he wants to be the finish. best – he wants to be the best safety in his conference, and uh, he's not going to be that. No, 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 no. Rod Moore does have more experience, and Caleb Downs. I'm sitting in the, the best safety. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. Caleb Downs is arguably the best safety in the conference. He's the best safety um, in college football. It's not crazy to say. I don't know. Who, who's, we'll better? who's better? Who is better? Keon Sab could make that argument that he is. He I had the potential know, to be. Probably. But, but. The point is, nobody's leaving. So, therefore, Michigan has the chance. Now, did they lose great guys? Yes. But Sharon Moore has been a part of the development staff. And what has Michigan done better than anybody else in the entire country that has developed football players? We will see how the development of Jaden Dangle and Alex Orgy is because that's arguably the biggest position. Because the running back spot, yes, do you lose BC2? Absolutely. But when Donovan Edwards has been able to be the number one running back on the team, he has done nothing but unbelievable things. He plays the best in the biggest games. And you got a guy like Jordan Marshall who could be just the next guy up. So do I think Michigan football is going to fall off? No. My prediction, just to give you guys a little early prediction, where we're at right now before seeing spring ball, before seeing the Prince portal finally close up, I think they win nine games. 
eight and a half games is what I'd put at. So, uh, yes. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't have too much of the uh, biggest mis- Michigan opinion. That's obviously your Michigan insider on the Engage A podcast, Robbie Elliott, uh, for him yeah. to tell you about. But no, I like. I think it's a good hire. I think it's what you needed to do. I don't think if you went outside, I think there was going to be a bigger exodus than incoming yes. set of players, yes. and it would have been way more confusing and way harder of a rebuild. Keep the continuity. Michigan's one of those programs where it's best if you can keep the continuity with a great guy and. Don't get Sharona won two of the biggest games this season. Arguably, I know that they played in the national championship and played against Alabama, but I think that Ohio State game is arguably the biggest game they played in this year. It really was. I think that arguably is, one, is the biggest win in the history of the program, to be honest with you. Yeah. Because so. they had every, they, Ohio State had every chance to take that game and beat them, and that yeah. would have just destroyed everything. That was a yeah. coach. I mean, obviously, Jim Harbaugh was with them through the week, but. On game day, he's not he's not on the phone with Jim Harbaugh unless he was, uh, which who knows. Jim, Jim Harbaugh has able been able to do some really weird things, uh, but I mean, also just it's one of those mindsets where they obviously had at Michigan. Uh, it takes everything to win, so you know, uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, honestly, I think Connor Stallion should have been the hire, but you know, yeah, you, you, you do what you got to do. He's the director of national. He's the national director of scouting, actually, for the uh, San Diego or Los Angeles Chargers. Gosh, I've said that twice. No, he's not, but he should be. <laughs> he should be. Oh man. Oh god. Huh. I mean. Okay. Um. All right. No, he's he's a, he's the face mm, of our story. So. Yeah. 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 Maybe we'll, maybe we'll hire in, uh, Connor Stallions to be a co-host of the NKJ podcast. Uh. Gosh, <laughs> I love that. You know what? I don't even want to know what it would be like. Um. Okay. So Jeff Halfley leaves to go take, I believe, the off was it the offense or defensive coordinator position at um Green Bay? I want to say it was offense, but maybe maybe I'm wrong. I, I know he's know. going. Uh, yeah, he's like going to Green Bay. Yeah, he's going to Green Bay. Uh in comes. Bill O'Brien, the greatest Ohio State offensive coordinator in the history, has solid tenure of, I believe, a month. <laughs> yeah, man, never lost to Michigan. Never uh, even coached a practice. Let's just keep that in mind. Like, no, yeah, actual, coach, right? <laughs> actual practice. You no, know, never even put in a scheme. But, but regardless, um, I still think Bill O'Brien and Brian, or not Brian Kelly, Chip Kelly, will run the same sort of type of offense. They have the same offensive minds in terms of what they want to do with talent, obviously with RPOs and quick plays and all of that. That's that's what they're going to do. And Bill O'Brien take over Boston College. He is a great football coach that needed to go almost do his community service with the team that Boston College, they made it to a bowl game this year. Jeff Halfley should have gotten fired. I don't know why he did it. The only reason why he didn't is because they made a bowl game this season, but I think this was an outlier from typically what they are. Bill O'Brien's the right guy. He's familiar with the area, obviously coaching uh, with the New England Patriots before, coaching at Penn State. You know, he he's a guy that knows football and he loves the game, and this is the type of job where also if Chip Kelly would have been one of the prospects for it, would have been completely fine with it. 
he knows what to do. Um, it's just a matter of doing it. That's really how it is. Uh, you're not going to obviously win a national championship. I don't even think Boston College is a window school. You're not going to win a national championship there. But if you want to compete for ACC titles, be relevant in the ACC, it's a perfect hire for them. Yeah. Uh, Bill O'Brien trying to make his way back after the disaster that happened in Houston and arguably a little bit of the disaster that happened in New England. And yeah, but I don't is more his style. Uh, I don't think Houston was all his fault. I really don't. You argue, but uh, it wasn't much better in New yeah. England. So you just, yeah. you, I think I've, I think it's kind yeah. of known that the, the NFL just not, not his thing. He was a great coordinator at Alabama. Just saying. He was, he was a great coordinator at Alabama. All right, and then last, Chip Kelly goes in to fill in Bill O'Brien's big shoes at Ohio State at the offensive coordinator position. In comes Deshaun Foster. I think this is just what you needed to do if you're UCLA. If you did, you see that um, team meeting reaction video? Yeah, like that, dude. They went ballistic. Man. That, that is, is the stuff that you like to see. Yeah, that is exactly what you want to see. And I mean, former being a former UCLA great, playing in the NFL, coaching the running backs for this program for a very long time. UCLA uh, needs nothing more than just somebody who's passionate about the university. And yes, yeah, that he is a guy that could be a lifelong guy and lead you to a lot of success where almost any other coach couldn't because UCLA has a ton of athletic and overall administration issues in general going on at that school and obviously with them and ship operating yeah. in los angeles man it's always yeah. tough yeah um yeah and then obviously sean elliott we will see and let you know who fills that coveted georgia state head coaching position maybe it's robbie elliott and we have to find a new host on the engage podcast maybe it's me and robbie gets to just take over the show on his own and make he's gonna make it the michigan podcast because that's what he is yes is that blue and maze no uh robbie is there anything else you want to talk about related in the college football world that we need to get to today uh no because i think i'd be we'd be spoiling what's coming up in the next upcoming episodes i'm gonna keep my mouth shut and just save it for uh for the next one save it for the next one indeed we have no idea we'll be back but we can tell you it will be within the next week robbie what days and we'll just do this live on air or not live on air but on air what day do you think will work out the best for the next engage eight episode Let's keep it on Mondays, man. Let's uh, let's try and shoot Mondays. for some Mondays. Mondays, like all right. This time, it's a good yeah. time slot. Uh, let's do it. Yeah. So stay tuned. Stay tuned for, every Monday uh, or Tuesday morning because you know we, me and Robbie, like we are from Yappy. We like our Michigan, sleep. So, uh, yes, that too. Um, <laughs> you know, I said I was going to go to bed at a good time, and for you guys that are still watching, it is ten one o'clock. 1001 Eastern Time PM. So I saw Robbie's face. Uh, actually, no, Robbie was late today. Uh, <laughs> so I did not see yeah. Robbie's face at this time. But uh, no. Yes. Yeah. Zen School, uh, let us know if you like the new um, graphics that that I implemented today. I'm going to get that Robbie Elliott ad. It looks great. Fiction. Yeah, it looks great. Uh, definitely going to keep up with the uh, creativity. And just to give you guys a little bit of a hint, we will be doing our 
NFL quarterback prospect rankings. And me and Robbie have all week now to watch film. I mean, I've been watching film, and I know Robbie has too, on guys in the NFL draft as well as in the transfer portal. So we are very well educated on this head coaching head coaching is not necessarily my best uh my best subject it's really hard for me it it depends at the bigger programs yes at the smaller programs unless you're at the cream of the crop of the group of five it's really hard um but well, I mean, when it comes all, to players we know what we're talking yeah, about players are our thing we are a players podcast so for the players for the players all right thank you guys for listening to the podcast make sure you like subscribe and share go follow us on our ads that are at the bottom third also the engage a instagram account is the same as the twitter account just with lowercase letters instead of uppercase and go follow the tiktok maybe be able to get some shorts out of this but we know we will during draft season and then we're gonna blow up and be the better than new heights all these freaking stupid podcasts that just don't know what they're talking. I'm just kidding. Obviously those guys yeah. know what they're talking about. And we love that. We love the love and respect for the other sports podcasts on this platform. So we appreciate everyone that has listened today or watched, watch me and Robbie talk for a hundred minutes. Wow. That that's, that's, <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, whatever you're doing, if you're on your commute, you know, in, in the golf lab, you know, getting those swings in ready for a great summertime, on the golf course, me and Robbie will be doing a live stream from the golf course. And- from the golf course. Yeah. Got to do cart talk, the engaging yeah. cart talk, baby. Yeah. Well, that needs to be a thing with a cart cam and all oh, it needs to be a thing. Maybe that'll be a good TikTok thing, you know, just in the summer when there's no uh, no college football or just going to be able to do what the engage eight guys look like doing outside of talking about college football things that, that we'll, be... we'll keep it as we'll keep it as uh monetized as possible yeah monetized <laughs> <laughs> uh like you know what yeah. does the engage a podcast look like at a tigers game or something like that you know just some cool something ideas. like that we'll see we'll, yeah. see we'll see you know maybe uh you know it'll, it'll just be a fun summer thing not a fling yeah Absolutely. Because we're going to keep it every year. There you go. (laughs) Yes, sir, baby. Yes, sir. Commitment, loyalty. Hustle, loyalty, and respect. John Cena, baby. All right. We've talked for too long. Thank you guys for listening. And tune in to the next episode for our quarterback prospect rankings.